to Talk FX, where we promise to keep the conversation honest and real for our Fragile X community. We are a group of moms of Fragile X children, self-advocates, and full mutation carriers from Washington, Idaho, and Oregon, all on a mission to share our stories and experiences in the hopes of reaching more Fragile X families and creating more awareness of Fragile X syndrome. So with that in mind, let's jump right in to this week's episode of Talk FX. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Talk FX. We are excited to start our new podcast series, Fragile X Authors. To kick off our series, we are joined with author and mother, Elizabeth Griffin. She wrote an impactful book called Fragile X, Fragile Hope, Finding Joy in Parenting a Child with Special Needs. And she's here with us today to talk about what moved her to write this book, how Fragile X has impacted her life, and more. Thanks so much for being with us today, Elizabeth. We are so grateful for your time and your willingness to be on Talk FX. Thank you, Nicole. I'm so happy to be here, and it's an honor to be able to share my story. So our son, Zachary, is now 23 years old, and um, he's our second son. And when he was born, he was very different than our first Um, but I thought he was an introvert, whereas our firstborn was more of an extrovert. And, um, so Zachary just kind of wanted to be more by himself. And, um, even as a baby, he was comforted more like being alone, which was interesting and very different for me as a mother. Mm -hmm. Then he started not meeting milestones developmental milestones and I started worrying and he had he held on to infantile um, responses Um, he would shake his little hands by his ears and and he would make the strangest noises and um, he would um, he would not really respond to me unless I sang to him if I sang his name, then he would look at me. But if I said his name, he wouldn't look at me. So it was really different. But I was determined to connect with this child. And there were moments of that, but I wasn't getting the eye contact that I felt like I should be getting. And he wasn't developing um, typically. And I started to be very worried. And so probably around nine months of age, I was very worried. And my my uh, pediatrician just thought I was a worried mom. Like he really didn't take me seriously. So I started searching things out on my own and it took quite a while of looking into different things. Is it autism? Is it, you know, what is it? And um, so it really wasn't until Zach was about two and I started taking him to a developmental preschool that I just happened to run into a woman I knew in the parking lot who was bringing her son. So I knew Cindy because she and I were nannies um, together um, on the same block. And we used to get together with our nanny kids and uh, my older son, Taylor. And she and I were also pregnant at the same time. Our boys, Spencer and Zachary, are about 10 days apart, I think. So 
she, um, I stopped nannying and we kind of, I kind of lost touch with her. Um, she had Spencer and, and it seemed like I just, I just lost touch with her. And so here she was at this developmental preschool where Spencer was going. And so we started talking and, and she told me about fragile X syndrome, which is what Spencer has. And I was really intrigued by that because I had gone into early menopause and my OBGYN had said to me, there's no real reason for you to have gone into early menopause. I mean, it could be something connected to your X gene, some difference in it, but probably not. So we really don't know. And so I had that in the back of my mind. And when, um, when Cindy said fragile X syndrome, I just thought, huh. And so I, I think I said to her, does that ever cause early menopause? And she said, yes. And um, so I went home and I researched fragile X syndrome and I looked at the pictures and I read the description and I knew that's what Zachary had. Mm. And so we, um, we went to it, it, even with that, knowing that, um, it took a couple more, well, we went to a neurologist and actually we've been doing a lot of tests through this neurologist. And I said to her, I think he has fragile X syndrome. And she said, I don't think he does. He doesn't look like he does. And, um, so I stopped going to her, <laughs> went to another pediatrician, finally one that said, you're the parent, you know best, let's run the test. Wow. I know. And uh. you know, I know, but I'm not sure that that's a really, that that's not a typical situation for people. I think a lot of moms really have to search this out and a lot of doctors amazingly don't know enough about fragile X syndrome mm -hmm. and they don't recognize it and mm -hmm. they don't listen to the moms, which is horrible. So um, anyway, this doctor was my hero. You know, we took the test. He had it. I was devastated. Um, and it's hard to know whether it was going through early menopause or finding out about Zach's diagnosis. Um, I think it was a combination. I just cried for like a year. Um, I mean, mm -hmm. everything made me cry. I also was really devastated because I'd wanted to have more kids and I couldn't. Right. So it was just this combination. And, um, and it was, it was really a grieving. It was, it was just kind of the death of my picture of what I thought my family would look like. Mm -hmm. And I was really worried about, you know, what's the future going to hold. And, um, you know, it just was so much. And um, so I, I, around that time, um, I started going to this writing group at my church and the couple that started it they were so gracious to me and they took their their teenage daughters took care of my little boys while I attended the writing group because my husband worked evenings mm -hmm. and um 
there's no way I could have gone without that. And I learned so much from them about writing. And I also, it was kind of like my therapy group because every week I wrote about Zach and I wrote about my heartache and I, I just, it was such a release to do that. And um, also my sister lived across the country and we were emailing back and forth. She has two boys, my close to my boys ages. Um, Where was I? So I was writing back and forth. So we had all these emails going. And so I had a lot of like, you know, day to day, this is what's happening today. This is how I'm feeling. This is, you know, all these things. So it just kind of, um, I just kept writing about it. And eventually the man that led the um, writing group, Bob said, I think you have a book here. So I started putting it together in to be a book. And um, Mm. it's just little vignettes of our life. And it's really about me working it out, Um, working through, you know, I'm a Christian. So it's working through the whole implications of that. How could you allow this in my life? I mean, it was like so devastating to me and kind of my first encounter with um, and I don't want to say bad things because my son is so precious and everyone is so precious, but disability is not a great thing. And of course I'd rather have him not have it. So having really, I guess it was my first encounter with something really, really hard happening to me mm-hmm. that, um, that I couldn't change. And how am I going to deal with this? And how am I going to, am I really, am I going to keep loving this little boy as he grows up and becomes a man? You know, I had so many fears, just, is he going to get violent? Like some people do. Is he ever going to talk? Is he ever going to get potty trained? Is he ever going to stop stimming really loudly and drawing everyone's attention to us? And, you know, all those things. And are we really going to be able to have a relationship? And, Um, There was just so much heartache and fear. And um, so that's where the book came from. And Mm -hmm. um, by the time the book was published and and people read it in the last um, chapter, um, things were much better. And so one woman, I, I got involved with the Fragile X Association of Washington State. And one of the women there told me that the ages of three and four were the hardest for her with her son. And I would say those ages are really hard. Um, Like by the time Zach was seven, it was getting better. He finally got potty trained for the most part when he was six. Um, He still wore pull-ups. He wore pull-ups to bed at night and, and they were saturated in the morning till he was like 15. And then one day he just took them off and wouldn't wear them anymore. And, um, pretty much he's dry at night. You know, we've gone for periods of time where he would wet the bed every night for a couple weeks. At one point we took him to the doctor and they put him on a certain kind of medication that helped that. And it kind of reset him so that he didn't wet the bed as much. Mm -hmm. And that was a huge relief. Like there were little things that helped along the way. Mm -hmm. And, um, so, um, 
we're still, you know, like the wiping is bottom thing is still an issue, even at 23. And so we try to just really give him a very clean diet and it really helps because he'll tend to just really just the GI things are really messy and awful. Um, but mm-hmm. he is definitely helped when we give him a really clean diet. And um, so anyway, so, so as he got older, also the sensory issues got better. We, you know, we learned what to do. We gave him a sensory salad through the day, which is like, deep it's like a a series of things through the day that you do for your child who has sensory issues so like we did brushing we did we had like swings up in our house and he would swing and get kind of squeezed in we would we would give um, deep pressure we would do proprioceptive pressure on his joints and we were told how to do all this from physical therapists and all of that really helped and then I think through the years his Um, his sensory issues and just his system has his body or something has matured. So he's able to handle things a lot better. And that's a huge relief. Yeah. So um, some of his teachers were so amazing and proactive and incredible and just took him really far. A few of his teachers were more like placeholders and that was frustrating Um, but he is who he is and we just adore him. I mean, he is, Mm -hmm. and even the other day I was looking through pictures of when he was a baby and he was so adorable. And I thought, I wish that I could have just relaxed and enjoyed him, but I was so terrified (laughs) and, you know, like trying to fix him. And it was like, um, he was so precious and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, and we have such a close relationship. I mean, we are really tight and it's awesome. And that's what I really cared about was, you know, that relationship with him. And, um, he's, he's considered nonverbal. He wouldn't have a conversation with you, but he'll answer questions pretty much and yes or no. And, um, he t- chatters all the time, and um, but he chat. Everything he says is like from a show he likes. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's interesting. He and he is very friendly, very outgoing. He loves to greet people when they come to our house. He always says, "Good to see you." So happy to see you. I mean, he's just so sweet and loving, and he's got this enormous grin that just lights up the room and. He's a very loving, very thoughtful person. He looks for ways to serve my husband and I. Like he, he's very obsessed with ice and beverages. So he will always bring us like water to the brand. So awesome. And it's like he carries it. I don't know how it doesn't spill all over the place. It's amazing. (laughs) And I mean, we're very well hydrated. And, you know, I could probably use him. (laughs) I forget to drink water all the time. Oh, my gosh. He would not let you forget. (laughs) And, um, yeah, he's just darling. He'll he'll like I felt I feel like in a way it's like living with a butler because he'll go around and turn on all the lights in the morning. (laughs) And um, 
he doesn't turn them off at night though he likes to have the lights on and um he doesn't really do any cleaning but he will take our plates away from the table or you know like if we're eating something like a a dessert and we're watching tv he'll take our plate into the kitchen and he's just super loving and 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 he has a great sense of humor and he has a a great laugh it's Mm. super fun so I mean it's Zach humor you know but it's really he makes us laugh so much (laughs) so I mean I'm so grateful for him and he made me a better mother he made me a better mother to my other son too because Zachary when he was little he was and he still is he's so tender-hearted and so First of all, he never did anything. So anything he did, we were like super excited, you know, like, yeah. But also, (laughs) um, if he did anything and I would say, Zachary, that was naughty. He would just burst into tears and cry and cry and cry. And and so I never said it, you know, (laughs) it was like, we're good. We're good. (laughs) Yeah. So he's had lots of positive reinforcement in his life. And he walks around saying, good job, Zach. Good job, Zach. (laughs) um, So he's, um, yeah, he's, he's really darling. So anyway, I wrote the book and then, um, um, you know, it's kind of like really scary to have your heart out there. It's like, I mean, like other things I could send out for writing and it would be okay if I was rejected, but this was like my heart and, and my agony, like the hardest time in my life and coming to terms with it. And, you know, all the, I mean, I was really honest in that book and I, it's really raw and it's a journey Mm -hmm. book. So, you know, I'm really, um, it gets, I, it comes to a place of reconciliation at the end, but I'm like really like yelling at God and, you know, all these things in that book. And, and it's like, and I'm like weeping and I'm worrying, am I going to love my child and all these things? And, and that's really hard to have that out there. So why when publishing, which is like a mission organization, they never published books like my book, but they said we we prayed about it. We felt like we were supposed to, so we are. And um, so they helped me distribute it a bit. And um, yeah, and so, you know, I, I mean, it's not a how-to book. It's not a, this is how you deal with behaviors or this is how you educate your child. It's, it's all about me. <laughs> It's all about the well, mom coming to terms with it, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and the whole grief thing. And, um, yeah. And so that's what it is. And so it came out when he was about seven and then through the years, people have been saying, you know, you should write a follow-up book and, and things are so different now. I mean, it's just so there's no grief, you know, it's just fun and, um, because we just learned Zach is in his own category and Mm -hmm. you know, he doesn't do what other people do and that's all right. And, you know, and um, he's going to live with Jay and I, as long as we're able to have him, which I mean, we're planning on, you know, until we're too old and then his brother and our daughter-in-law are planning to have him live with them, which is like, wow. 
when they told me that, that was like, I have nothing more to worry about ever again. <laughs> I was yeah. so relieved because that's like the biggest worry, you know, yes. that a mom of a special needs kid has. Like, what's going to happen to them when something happens to me? And and so just to have him have a good life and be happy, that's all I want. Absolutely. And um, and he does have a good life and he is happy for the most part. You know, he has his moments. We all do. Um, but yeah, so that's, yeah, that's our story. And so now, so people kept asking me to write a follow-up book and instead I started a, um, um, a blog. Oh, okay. And, um, so my, my website right now, for some reason, something funky is happening with it, but the man who helps me with it is supposed to be fixing it. So anyway, it's just elizabethgriffin.com. And it talks about Fragile X and our journey. But then the blog is near the bottom of the homepage. And it's called Follow the Dots. And it's because, uh, well, it kind of has a lot of meanings. But Zachary loves to have us write out words with dots. And then he traces them. Oh, okay. He loves that. He's done it for years. And he has never tired of it. And, um, And then it's like, so it made sense about that. But then it's also kind of like as a parent of a child with special needs, you do kind of follow the dots. Like you're just taking it one step at a time. Yeah. And, you know, like, and you grow into it too. Like a lot of parents, like with little ones, you know, like we grew into Zach. I mean, we grew up with him. And and so it wasn't like we we took on this man from the get-go we had a baby and he grew up and we got used to every step along the way. And so it's like following the dots of just, you know, connecting the dots and, and figuring things out and having people help and, and all those things. So it's not the huge scary thing as at the beginning. I mean, it is very overwhelming at first and very um, it, it shifts your whole world. But there is, and this was another wonderful thing someone told me, She's, and it was a caseworker, one of our first caseworkers, and she had a child with special needs, and I was so desperate for hope. And I said, does it ever get easier? And she said, it's never easy, but there is joy along the way. Mm-hmm. And I love that, and um, and that is true. And I would have to say, it's pretty easy now. And I know there are a lot of people for whom it is not. And um, I am very grateful because we don't deal with violence. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are, you know, other things that we don't deal with that we might have to, you know, but we don't. And I'm really grateful for that. Um, Yeah. So that's, that's my story. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I just, I love your perspective and just the story of, you know, going from just total grief to, you know, total acceptance and joy of, you know, who your son is today um, is just so beautiful. And, and I'm so glad that you wrote a book on that because, you know, not all, books about fragile x need to be about the how to or you know stuff like that families need 
resources on just uh, encouraging ways to go through the grieving process, you know, to, mm-hmm. to, to read somebody else's story and be encouraged by it, as I'm sure many families that have read your book have been very encouraged, um, you know, even ones that are Christians and, and just believers. Um, mm-hmm. It is a it is a process, you know, I don't know if you mm-hmm. had the pleasure of meeting um Michelle's son, uh, Nathan, he's my, I have met him. Yeah. Okay. Well, from the sounds of, of Zach, they sound pretty similar. Um, Mm. (laughs) because, uh, Nathan just loves to serve, find ways to serve. He pours his parents a cup of coffee in the morning and, Oh, um, I love it. It's just adorable. And he just, he loves to just do I've done puzzles with him and stuff and he just loves to just shout woohoo at the end and oh yeah <laughs> and um you know he's very humorous oh my goodness um he just loves to laugh and he loves people to laugh at his jokes and mm-hmm. uh just can't help but have joy when you're around him as it very clearly seems with with Zach um yeah he brings a lot of joy that's so great um Mm -hmm. and you know there's definitely challenges and 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 I think that it is so important uh to be raw about those challenges um Mm -hmm. and so I think Uh, people should definitely read your book if they haven't and just uh, recognize that um, you know there is there's difficulties but there's also joys and you know our talk fragile x podcast when we started it um, we wanted it to be honest and real and raw and um, that is exactly what you have provided and we're very grateful for that um Hmm. And so I, I just, I'm, I'm so grateful for just you willing to do that. Um, but I wanted to just ask you, um, what moved you to, to write your book? Was it to share with others your, your grieving process in the hopes of just encouraging them like we were kind of talking about it? Or what kind of really... Um, really made your decision to to write the book and to 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 just put it out there knowing that it was gonna just be so honest um because that's definitely a difficult thing to do yeah so um so I had all the the um I had all the material because I write just to um, process things. Mm, yeah. So, um, but when I went through and actually made it into a book, I honestly wanted to just give up so many times. It was so painful going through that. And I kind of like relived all those emotions and just was really, really hard. But it was also very cathartic to do it. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think the reason I wanted it out there as a book was to encourage people because whenever I met someone that was further down the road from me, it just gave me life. 
I just needed a lifeline. And I think sometimes we're in such a dark place and, and nothing really hits us more than something with our child. I really, I, I think for most people, there's nothing closer than your child and you just want them to have the perfect life and you love them so much. And there's, there's so much there. And so when something is different or wrong or, you know, difficult with your child, like not wrong, but like not typical, or, you know, you see, they're going to miss out on these things in life. You, it just, it just breaks your heart and it, it can really just be debilitating and you have to work through that and get to the point where it's okay. You know, I mean, either they're going to have that experience or like with us, Zachary doesn't even know, like he really likes pretty girls, but he has <laughs> no concept of having a relationship with one. Mm-hmm. And so it's okay that he doesn't. He's actually had girls that kind of really liked him, but he doesn't like they put their arm around him and he's like, ooh, he doesn't want that, you know? So it's okay that he doesn't have that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I grieve my whole life because he's not going to get married and all that stuff. Or I can just be okay because he's okay. Right. I think for me, a lot of it was once I knew he was all right, and he was happy, I was fine. Mm-hmm. And so like, if he's unhappy, even now, it is so hard for me, I'll do whatever I need to do to fix it. It just like makes me like, it's like a balloon being popped and the air just goes out of me. Mm-hmm. And, um, but if he's happy, which he is most of the time, and I'm so thankful, then it's great. You know, it's fine. So I think, um, Anyway, getting back to why I did the book, it's like I know that dark place and I just wanted to give hope. Yeah. That, you know, and I also just wanted to express how I felt and um, share it with others because I think it's such a relief when you realize you're not the only one that feels that way. Mm-hmm. Like you're not the only one that's terrified you're going to like not love your child or you don't have it in you to, to, help your child with special needs or you know you can't handle the noise or whatever you're not the only one that feels that way and and you you can make it through and there are other people there's so many other people and that's what we need is community and Mm -hmm. we need to know we're not alone and it just makes everything a tiny bit easier when you do that it gives you hope Yes. And so I want people to have hope through my book. Yeah. Um, well, you know, we've, we just finished a, a podcast series on fragile X diagnosis stories. And I think that, uh, a common, you know, theme in, in every family that we interviewed with was definitely, you know, that grieving process and just, needing to figure out how to get through it. Um, and so I think that your book can speak to, you know, anyone going through it. And so um, I just, again, want to thank you for your willingness to share your story because it is not easy to have to go through all those emotions, like you said again. And um, just your willingness to do that in such a selfless way is just, um, 
I mean, it's just amazing and, and, uh, it's going to definitely impact, uh, people's lives that haven't read it yet that need to. (laughs) Well, thank you, Nicole. And thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Yeah. I'm excited to even read your book myself because I know that my aunt has, um, but you know, I, I am a, actually a full mutation fragile X carrier, um, except Mm -hmm. for I do not possess any of the, you know, physical or, um, uh, um, you know, mental developmental characteristics. Um, but I do have that 50, 50 chance of having a child with fragile X and I've definitely, you know, gone through the process of just grieving the diagnosis itself and recognizing what that could mean for my future and having kids because I don't yet have kids. And, um, so it's so um, just encouraging to hear your story, you know, mm-hmm. even though I don't have a child with, with fragile X, just, just hearing that story can still inspire, you know, people in, in my position that know about their diagnosis, but don't yet have kids just to be able to um, kind of navigate the feelings that um, can occur, you know, if you do end up having a child with with fragile mm-hmm. X. Mm-hmm. So, um, I've already learned a lot from you. So <laughs> oh, good. That's um, great. But I, I also just wanted to ask you because, and, and I may or may not cut, cut this part out, but I, I've, it's, it's, it's nice to be talking with someone that is also a believer. Cause I am also a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've often pondered just, with, with my cousin, you know, he, he knows who, who Jesus is. He, if you ask him, you know, where's, where's grandma, or I mean, where's Nana, where's Papa, and he'll say heaven. Um, But, you know, I would just love if you're, if you're, you know, up to it, of course. Um, What, what is your um, thoughts on just individuals with fragile X, understanding who God is and accepting them as their savior so that they can then, you know, go to, to heaven. Do you believe that that is possible or do you believe that God, you know, acknowledges that it can be difficult for them to understand that concept? I absolutely believe they are covered and they will be in heaven. Mm. I think I believe that anyone with a disability who is unable to um, just like children before the age of accountability, wherever that is, God knows um, before, if a child died before they could make a quote unquote decision for Christ, Mm -hmm. they're going to be with the Lord. He's a merciful God. And he, you know, and, I don't know that Zachary, I, I don't think Zachary's really accepted Jesus as his savior. He says mm-hmm. things like, thank you, God, for this. Or when we pray, mm-hmm. he says in Jesus name. But I don't think he really has a concept of it. And I think he's covered. I, mm-hmm. I believe that with all my heart, because I know that God is loving and kind and merciful. And he made 
these precious people. And, you know, we live in a broken world and that's why they're, mm-hmm. they have disabilities and that's why we have, that's why you and I are carriers of this. And that's, you know, why we have things like this, but God knows, um, and he is merciful and, I, I believe they're covered. So I think, yes, um, many of them can understand and enter in and, you know, have um, um, like choose to accept Christ. Yeah. Um, I know many can do that. I don't think my son is there intellectually. I don't think mm-hmm. he can understand it, but um I think he is, I think he is safe. Yeah. You know, I've, I've definitely come to the same conclusion just because, you know, God doesn't do anything without purpose. And so if he allows, you know, fragile X to be a, a thing, then, then he has a plan for it. Yes. And, um, so I think that, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, scripture to back that up as well but also you know he uses individuals with fragile x to bring peace to to people's hearts and yeah just to bring joy and even just uh they they do more of the changing our lives than than we do anything for them absolutely absolutely My, my cousin has changed my aunt's life and mm-hmm. I know he's changed my life and just has helped us to see the world in just a more positive light mm-hmm. um, and just to see it for how God created it rather than how, you know, sometimes society can see it as, as a lot of negativity, but, you know, he brings out all of the positivity and all the joy and just reminds you to take your eyes off yourself and to put them on others yeah um, because individuals with fragile x are generally so selfless and mm-hmm. they want to serve and they want to bring you joy and laughter and yeah that's that's not on accident that's that's with purpose yes so, I completely um, agree with you I completely <laughs> agree yeah well thank you for for sharing that. I really appreciate it. Um, it's definitely been something on my mind often and, and I love to hear other people's perspectives. Um, and so I thank you for that. Thanks for tuning in to Talk FX. We hope you've left this episode feeling encouraged and knowing that you're not alone on this journey with Fragile X. It is our mission to provide resources, support, and encouragement to our listeners. Whether you're a mom of Fragile X children, a self-advocate, or a full mutation carrier, this podcast is for you. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Talk Fragile X. You can tune in to the latest episodes on Apple Podcasts or Spotify.